The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tom Bernard Show with Tevin Pittman. Alex Brant-Bernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brant-Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest Ian King coming up in a couple of minutes. Appetite for Definition. An A to Z guide to rock genres. We will talk to Ian right in just two minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprenthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, Back in 2014, having some problems with the engine, uh, do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. The well, that says the Lord has come. You can't play that. I know. There'll be none of that, sister. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, Appetite for Definition, an A to Z guide to rock genres. Ian King, how are you, Ian? I'm good. How are you? Doing extremely well. Just just for a little background, because I, uh, I don't know if we... Have we ever talked before, Ian? I don't know, because I've been um, doing interviews for all my life, so... Uh, I just want to give you a little no, bit. No, that was our first time. Excellent. A little background information. At 11 years old, I joined a rock band as a drummer, so I wasn't a musician. Thank you very much. But anyway, I was in the band until I was about uh, 18, and then at 18 I got into radio, and then at 24 I couldn't get another job in radio, so I went to work for Capitol Records until I was about 32 years old. Then I got back and did, I'm, I do a morning show in Minneapolis called the KQRS Morning Show. It's been on for 33 years. And this show as well. So I've been all over the uh, the, the rock genre <laughs> stuff myself. It's been a great life, Ian, I will tell you that. Just being around rock music my whole life has been wonderful. 
Excellent, excellent. What was your band called? Take Five. When you were 11. Yeah, right. It was called Take Five. We stole it from Dave Brubeck. <laughs> it was a oh, hit, cool. his song in our group. But, yeah, it was... Uh, it was good. I mean, it was a really good. It was. I tell you what, you really learned a lot as an eleven or twelve year old playing things like frat parties and Christmas parties for. I mean, you saw people I, at at about. I guess I was fifteen years old. We got hired at this huge mansion in Minneapolis by a guy named Gordon Loxley, who was a very famous. What was he, Catherine? He was a stylist and. I have no idea who you're talking. Oh, you about. don't know Gordon Loxley? No. But anyway, he lived in this massive mansion, and we played his uh, his Christmas party. And I'm, so I'm like 14, 15 years old. I walk in, and I'm setting up the drum kit, and everything's really good to go. And I look over, and all these women showed up. He had a, several wrapped nudes. The women were nude except for, like, plastic see-through wrap around them. Mm. So for a 14-year-old, that was quite an experience, Ian, I'll tell you that. Wow, yeah, some party. Yeah. Exactly. So your background in, in the business, uh, part reference book, part history, part roadmap to the connectivity of popular music. This book is a must for all rock and roll fans. It brings together a compilation of even, over 200. Now, we've got to start right there, Ian. 200 genres of rock music, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I believe the final count was 216 that I that I put in the book, and there there are plenty more terms that people use, but those those are the ones that I felt had the the most to substantiate them. Yeah, I mean, I it's well, you know, also I, I should probably give you the tip off that uh, when I uh, was a little boy, about five or six years old, rock and roll music was called race music because black people sang the. Uh, Really? It was called race music. That's exactly right. It was. So uh, the combination of race music with, with I guess, whatever they call that pop music or whatever it was back then, is where, that was the birth of rock and roll. Who was the woman that came up with the term rock and roll again? She was talking about having sex, and she called it rock and rolling. God, what was her name again? Oh yeah, my, uh, my baby rocks me. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, there, well there, there were a few there were a few songs. There's a number. I'm, it's it's unclear which was exactly the first. But oh, there okay. were a number of songs that used that. Yeah, it was it was originally a term for uh, for sex, and then was a turned into a term for music. For music, yeah. I I, I tell you, it's um, I work at a classic rock station in the morning now. It's a, I do a talk show. We play an, a song an hour or whatever, but for me, uh. Obviously, I was very, very young, but I was alive when Elvis Presley broke. I didn't. I can't remember it, obviously, when he broke, but I remember him being around. And as a little kid, the connection for me to rock and roll music was we were very poor when I was a kid. And rock and roll music at that time kind of supported everybody, including very poor people, which I really loved. My mother loved Elvis for that very reason, that he was a poor kid that made it big, and she loved that. Yeah, that's that's always been the the dream. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did you get involved in the in the whole business in the first place? Um, well, I you know I started writing about music uh, you know as far back as you know high school and college. Uh, and then I kind of career went into went into the book publishing world, and then oh, I got okay. more into writing on my own on the side. And then I about ten years ago I turned my focus to, to music writing and. Uh, been writing for a number of sites and other publications and, and came up for, for the idea with this a few years ago and, and uh, HarperCollins uh, picked it up and, and that's how I ended up writing the book. No, it's a great idea. I think it's, a, well, for me, it's a really, really great read because being around those people, you know, my whole life and uh, watching things change and and, and the different, well, I, I don't know where we start with 216 genres of rock music. Are, are there a main, are, like, a, a, is there a big ten of the rock genres that are just tend to be a lot more popular than others? Or are all these, they all have their own popularity at certain levels, but how many of them are, are basically at the top of the list, if you can put it that way? Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I kind of see what you're asking there. It's sort of... Um, the book doesn't go chronologically, but there is sort of, you know, the, the time you're talking about when there are actually, there are kind of different terms for this kind of music that's, that's gathering into something that became rock and roll. It actually right. almost kind of had it, had, it had more names before it became rock and roll. And, my, and, and so my book 
kind of takes on everything after that. Like once once there was one rock and roll, then from there, when people started giving it different names <clears throat> for different kinds of styles and sounds, uh, you know, that's that's the growth that I'm charting. So that's sort of you know that 50s era is the big the big bang sort of a thing. And then, yeah. Um, yes, I mean some of the bigger genres, you know, um, folk rock was probably one of the first uh, subgenres of yeah. rock and roll. Yep. Um, you know, like you know, Birds and, and Bob Dylan and like you know '64, 1964, '65. Um, that <clears throat> kind of you know that's that was one of the first major ones and, and probably still is one of the bigger ones. And you've got you know a lot of the a lot of the bigger ones have the most longevity. They come from that era: psychedelic rock, uh, progressive rock heavy metal from the very late 60s and early 70s those are those earliest subgenres are still probably the biggest and most widest known of the of the subgenres and everything that that comes kind of splinters off from those things and then you know as time goes on in the the 70s into the 80s and then into the 90s when things really started to you know proliferate from there yeah, absolutely. I, I consider myself to be very lucky, Ian, and we're talking to Ian King about Appetite for Definition, the an A to Z guide to rock genres. I was 11 years old when the Beatles broke. I will never forget that. I was also 16 years old when Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced, came out. Uh, my friend got it for Christmas, didn't like it, and he sold the album to me for 50 cents. So... I was one of the luckiest people ever born to get that album for 50 cents. But I was, I was just born. It seems like I was born at the right time as music just grew and grew and grew and got better and better and better. Um, I don't know. You can't improve on the Beatles and, and Jimi Hendrix. That's not what I'm saying. It's just such. It's so broad-based. Now, as you said, 216 genres of rock music. And when you look at what it did for the world, because rock music did a lot for the world, especially the economy of Western Europe, particularly England, the Beatles brought billions of dollars into a country that had been destroyed by World War II just 20 years earlier, or not even, 17 years earlier. Uh, that, to me, is what rock and roll is all about. Yes, it's about revolution in some areas, but it's also about, uh, it's just a music that everybody loves, everybody embraces. I don't think I've ever met a person who doesn't like some form of rock music. I don't think so. Have you? Uh, no, absolutely. It's 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 got a lot of appeal. And yeah, I mean the the sixties, like you're talking about, that is still regarded as the the golden age for for the genre. And and uh, you know, I think people have a love for that music as as if it were their own, even if they were born you know decades after after it even happened. Yeah. Uh, so how, not, not, I don't want to pinpoint your age necessarily right on the number, but ballpark, how old were you when you, when you first became interested in rock and roll music? Yeah, you know, my, well, my very first, uh, rock record was, um, probably when I was, I guess, I guess technically it would be when I was four years old in 1984, I had a, uh, I kind of commandeered my dad's, uh, copy of the Clash's, uh, Rock the Casbah, oh, uh, 45 single. Love it. Um, that kind of I kind of took that as, as as my own, um, and from there, you know, they were they were lucky. I, I was lucky enough uh, that they never really stopped me from watching MTV. So I kind of mm. I kind of just grew up on MTV from there. Um, so you know, as like a seven and eight year old, I got kind of into the the whole glammy hair metal stuff that was sure. like Def Leppard, those kind of bands that were Love going it. on. Um, and my first, but my first introduction to, to genre was probably I, I grew up in Seattle. And I was 11 years old uh, when Nirvana's Nevermind came out, and Love and it. so after 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 that, I, you know, you're watching the news, and this thing is happening in your in your hometown, and there's something called grunge, and it's bringing all of this national attention to the city where I where I live, and so I kind of I couldn't help but take it seriously, and and so after that, I kind of took genre seriously, you know, I was like, oh, sure. you know, whatever this grunge is, it's a real thing, and it's and you know. And so I think that's where I got my, my kind of serious interest and reverence for, for genres. That makes sense. Now, Ian, are you a football fan? An NFL, uh, NFL yeah, football? Yeah, Seahawks fan, yeah. Okay, well, don't talk about Seattle anymore because the Vikings play them in Seattle tonight on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. Yeah. The, hey, I'll tell you, one of those two teams, somebody has to win that game. It's going to be a hell, of a hell of a good one, but a little aside there. But, yeah, I think... The, the very special part about rock and roll to me had 
I don't think any any music had ever embraced poor people the way rock and roll did. Had that ever happened before? Because I don't know that it did. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge. Uh, I don't know the history of too many other. I mean, I imagine you know blues probably in the yeah, same way yeah, before it would have been would, it would have been the precursor in terms of that, but. But you know, aside from that, yeah, classical rock, big band, anything from before. I'm not. I'm not sure they had the same kind of reach. No, I. I, I wouldn't think that they did. Man, I don't think they did either. By the way, you mentioned one of my favorite albums of all time. Never mind. Oh my God, that album was phenomenal. It. It just. A wonderful album. It changed music for me forever because it just the whole attitude attitude of Kurt Cobain and everybody in the band. Not only was it great music which I, to this day, just adore. But they were completely different kinds of people. Kurt Cobain looked like he, he might be able to get crabby once in a while, but, you know. You were so... So you you grew up in Seattle. So basically, if there was a, if there was a guy from the 60s who was lucky, it was me, because I was 11 years old and the Beatles broke, but you were actually living in Seattle when grunge kicked into high gear, right? It was really, it was really an interesting time, you know. When I was, you know, the very next year in '92, I'm, you know, I'm 12 years old, and me and my sister, who's a little bit older than me, we're in, we're in a movie theater watching that Cameron Crowe movie, Singles, and it's, oh, yeah. you know, it's Seattle and all these bands from Seattle, and, and there, there's our town in the movie theater, and I, and I'm at, at a young enough age where I was like, oh yeah, of course, you know, that my, my city is the center of the world. It was only years later that I realized, oh, <laughs> you know, not everybody's hometown is the actual center of the, of the pop cultural world. No. It's true. Like, so yeah, it was it was definitely kind of something I took for granted. You know, like Eddie Vedder lived about a mile away from from me. You know, you could see him at the cafe. You know, really? like was, these things were yeah, these things were, were were seemed very normal at the time. By the way, Ian, no one will ever top Eddie Vedder's picture wearing an army helmet. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a great one. And I think that's a big part of it too, Ian. I think the attitudes of the fans and the players and the writers it just the attitude was always really very cool don't you think mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it was it, it was it's something i miss it, you don't get that kind of attitude as much these days no i i agree with you it's it, it, and i did enjoy it and people might think we're just we're making it up as we go along but i actually kind of enjoyed that whole thing about you know who was cooler than somebody else because they had a bad attitude. That's <laughs> really, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, to this day, yeah. you look back at, at songs. You know they have these. Uh, I guess PBS runs them. Music from the '60s, the '70s, the '80s. They do all that stuff. And sitting there watching all that stuff, you go, "My God, this is phenomenal! It is great music. It really is." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. So the book's doing well. I'm. I'm trust. I trust. Right. I, I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it. Ian King, the book is called Appetite for Definition, an A to Z guide to rock genres. Ian, uh, that 15 minutes went by very, very quickly. I appreciate your time today, sir. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tom. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, it's been a lot of fun for me, too, sir. Thank you very much. Ian King, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I... Now, you, you being a black man in America today, mm-hmm. was it all just rhythm and blues for you? You hated rock? Is that, is that what you're telling me? Uh, no, I mean, I grew up in a pretty white area, pretty so honky. I kind of was exposed to everything. But It's true. I mean, a lot of R&B growing I, up. I do think rock and roll music and R&B, rhythm and blues and rock and roll music, you talk about what melded different colors of people together. I think rock music and R&B did more for that than anything else in history. I really yeah. do. You know, we had... That was, I guess, a lot of people perceived as our first commonality, which is pretty damn cool. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. 
It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Uh-oh. Jingle, jingle. Oh, my God. Was Lou Nanny here? <laughs> what is this? It's the Dominic Christmas the Christmas donkey. It's the Christmas donkey. Uh-huh. The Italian Christmas donkey. We used to go over to the nannies on every Christmas. or do- Matter of fact, the nanny family was at our house. It was our family and nanny family when it turned 2,000. I will never forget that yeah, night. Yeah, and that was quite the partay. It was quite the partay, but the next day, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a champagne called Cristal, which is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. I found about 12 bottles with, like, one drink taken out of each one of them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Not right. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? Why were people doing that? I don't know, but there what were... What kind of friends do we have? Well, I'm the nannies. What did you think was going to happen? No, but that was that. That it's is one of my favorite nights. It's not the first four. It's right. nothing. Uh, and yeah, Michael, God. who he just loved, he was a wonderful guy. Remember, he would he had he had the oh, the, uh, the yeah. artificial leg, I know. and he was swinging it around. He was dancing <laughs> it was around, phenomenal. swinging it around. It was the greatest ever. <laughs> it's good to hang out with you guys. <laughs> you should. Man. You should absolutely. Oh, uh, back in the day. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, I, I I just was strolling through the news headlines for the day. So we have Brennan, Trump won't escape American justice. Comey on Trump, he obstructed justice. There were all these stories. Uh, Trump says the payments to women were private uh, transactions. But there are all these stories now. Do they actually want our president to go to prison? Yes. Uh, a lot of people do, Oh, my yes. God, yes. There are movements. He doesn't you, agree with them, the so Hollywood he has to glitterati. be destroyed. Yeah. But do yeah. you not understand he could pardon himself? I don't think you can do that. Can. Oh, yes, he can. Well, because then if he had to go to prison, wouldn't he, like, Well, they would impeach him first, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. He'll be long gone by then anyway. Yeah. And I would say, even if he wasn't president, like, he's rich enough where he's not no, going to No, he's not going to prison right. like, for anything. It's a cute thought. And <laughs> the, th- the one that comes to mind is the Kennedy family. I mean, Ted Kennedy murdered a woman, and it didn't matter to anybody. No, nobody cared. Nobody cared about it because they were very, very wealthy, and they spun the story. Uh, you know, they're stripping everybody in sight, and that was fine, and all around. I just stop. I, I don't look. I'm not a Trump fan. Next year, Donald Trump being president will cost Catherine and me a lot of money because you can't write off your state taxes or your property taxes, state and local taxes. Catherine and I are going to take a huge hit on that next year. Uh, it also is really harming the uh, housing industry. Anything over about what Catherine four hundred thousand dollars has a real hard time moving now because of that. Uh, it's 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 been better because interest rates have stayed low on jumbo loans. But yeah, that's true. But but, but it, not, you can't write off your your property no, tax anymore. On a, no, people on Lake Minnetonka and that where they're just killing those people. Oh my God, are they killing those people out there? Well, it's two percent where we are. So if you had, let's say you if you had a house. For like $2 million, your property taxes are $40,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, you can't write that off anymore. Oh, the best I ever heard, I can't tell you who it was, but uh, we have a friend who had 15 acres on Minnetonka back in the day. He doesn't live there anymore. His property taxes were, just his property taxes, $1,000 a day. Oh. What do you mean? $1,000 a day. A day. What What is that for, like, the White House? Oh, it's a lot nicer than the White House. Uh, <laughs> I will well, tell that you makes that. sense then. 
Uh, but that, that was a lot of acreage on the lake. Fifteen acres. Lakefront. Yeah. yeah. He, but mm. I'm I mean, guessing he could afford that. He wasn't. Well, no, he could afford it. Yeah, probably sell that property for like $100 million. It's like Danny Stevens when he was in here a couple weeks ago. He was talking about that he had this, he bought this mansion in uh, Kenwood. Mount Curve, yeah. On on Mount Curve. And his property taxes went from like, what was it? 3,500. Yeah. In one year. 3500 $3, or what was it? Again, it was like $60,000. Yeah. In one year, all in of a sudden, year. by the way. <laughs> so, oh my God. so at one time, you could afford the house, yeah. while now all of a sudden yeah. you can't afford right. to live there at all. I know, it's just terrible. But can you imagine waking without up? Even a, without even an easing in period or anything. Every day you way. wake up, you're already $1,000 in debt to the, your property taxes. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, is there a record? Uh, who pays the highest property taxes in America? There, there has to be a home somewhere on the Hamptons or something. Uh, property tax is public information, so yeah. It's, it's either got to be in, in California or New York. One or the other. Yeah, I'm I would guessing. say so. Yeah, I, and I would guess the Hamptons because it's those things are. Yeah. That's where all everybody built, like the Vanderbilts right. and the all those people. Either that or like maybe somewhere in San Francisco. Area. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, is there an all-world record for property taxes in America? Andy? It's impossible to find. Oh, it's is all it? just about I'm what states have the highest tax rate. And that would be Google California, New York, and Minnesota. And Illinois, I would guess. I would guess that's, that's true. But, yeah, so I'm not trying to defend Donald Trump because I'm not wild about what he did to, and he did it specifically to New York, Illinois, California, and Minnesota because nobody voted for him in those. Well, the... In Minnesota, it wasn't that big a split, actually. The, the outlying areas voted for Trump, and the city people voted for Hillary. But uh, so, so I don't think I'm a big fan of Donald Trump's. I just don't understand why you want this country to come apart at the seams like that. Can you wait it out for two more years and not talk about our president going to prison? He's never going to prison. It's not going to happen, no matter what that Adam Schiff says or any of the rest of it. I had got nothing against Adam Schiff except for he's a you know he's an opportunist. Ooh, I can jump on this and everybody will know who I am now. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't think it's good for the country to try to bury the president because what he did, while it's a federal offense, it, there is no court in the world that would throw him in jail for that. Not a chance. So, why do you want people to be so divided? Why do you want to hurt the image of this country? I will never understand. Anybody get it? No. It's just fun, I guess. It's just unbelievable. Well, and if you just keep on picking at the other party, you'll get into power, and then mm-hmm. you'll do That's something, what's happen. and then they pick at you, and then you get in power, and it's just like a ping pong Yeah, you get like ball. an eight-year eight, eight year span, right? That's, yeah. Most you're going to do is eight years. That's it. And then the other party's going to get in. I don't care who you are. The other party's going to get in. There's no question yeah, around that. Yeah, you'll have eight years to launch campaigns against them. I mean, do you think it's a coincidence <laughs> we a went from, from George... H.W. Bush, to Bill Clinton, to George W. Bush, to Barack Obama, to Donald Trump. Hey, there's a pattern here. Every eight years, somebody new comes along. Mm -hmm. I I just thought, but I think it's not healthy to go after the president. Certainly at Christmas time, he didn't kill anybody like Ted Kennedy did. Uh, Ted Kennedy knew that woman was drowning in the car, and it took her a half an hour to die. And he got away with it. You know, because he's wealthy. So why you would think that, that Trump needs to go to jail over payments to some hooker or whatever it was. I don't even know what it was. Uh, it's not going to happen. Let it go and let people relax, right? Well, well it's a waste of government resources, exactly. tax money. And then if this is going on, it makes the economy unstable. The stock market becomes unstable because yeah. you have a yep. president under investigation. It's just – and it's not for anything. Like if he – I don't know if there was like some type of scandal that uh, like happened ele- while he was president, exactly, or something that well, be more than this would anyway. affect yeah. the people. Then I can understand, but this is just like pettiness. It, That's all this is. I mean, every one of the presidents. I don't care, Democrat, Republican, whatever. You look at every one of them. Uh, how much money did Barack Obama send to Iraq? It was an incredibly high number of mm-hmm. cash, and it was cash, yeah. by the way. 
It wasn't as, hey, here's a check. He sent him like $100 million or something in cash. Now do you like us? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you like us now? I just gave you $100 million. And it might have been more than that. I don't know how much it was, but these people are scam artists. Everyone who wants to be president is a scam artist. You do know that, right? It does seem that way. Uh, I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. Honest to God, he got screwed over by Hillary Clinton, but nobody ever mentions that at all. They buried him. Well, he, they he did. They the were mad about it, but then he had to come out and support her. Yeah. And I wonder what, I wonder what he, what kind of cash payment he got. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, there's no question he made money on that he, deal. Yeah, what there's happened? No question. To he make did. him do that. He's a whack job of the first order, by the way. We need free everything. Oh, do we? Who's going to pay for free everything there? Burn, burn. Yeah, no kidding. Burn, burn. Whatever. the hell. I mean, he's a he is a first class nut job. Speaking of first class nut jobs. Oh God! Oh, don't tell me some Greek guy's on. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's the buzz, man? We're just talking about. I don't think it's very healthy that the people are trying. These people in in one side are trying to throw our president into prison, which is never going to happen anyway, uh, because uh, it's just not good for the country. It's not good to be constantly saying the president's going to be in prison. The president's going to do. All of these people were filth. I mean, let's be honest, right? Democrat, Republican, whatever. <laughs> well, I agree with. I just heard the. I just heard the end of this while I was uh, waiting beyond. But I, I agree with your broad premise that both parties spend too much on things no like doubt. war. No, there's a, <laughs> wives. It's just a few trillion dollars. What's the difference? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's terrible. not a that's not a partisan thing. That's a systemic no. problem. And we should just build a gigantic dome over the country and don't let anybody and never in. deal with anyone else ever again. There was an idea. What was that called again? The Thunder Dome. Or something? <laughs> the Thunder Dome. It was called Wakanda. That's right. Black it was Panther. called Wakanda. I always said it? that about New York City. It. It's so cold in New York, but it's a great city. If they would, if everyone just chipped in fifty bucks, we could dome the whole city. And, <laughs> exactly, live like, wonderful. Live yes. like the Truman Show in yeah, there. It'd be could, nice. You could filter the air. Things mm-hmm. would be good. Although, no right. pigeons. It's not as good a city without the Carnegie Delta. Seven That's degrees. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I miss New York. Oh, I've been yeah. gone for a little while, but. I have to say, it's nice to see the stories of the blizzards and stuff. And I'm like, I look out the window, it's like 76, hey, and there's a hey, palm tree. Hey, yeah. shut it, pal. Not bad. Shut it. Look, at, look at the time. <laughs> yeah, look at the time. we got to move along here. Sorry you couldn't be on longer, but, you know. I'm just saying, there's a trade-off. It's pretty, yes. That part's good. Um, do you believe, <laughs> I, I did not know this. Bob Sansevier pointed this out this morning on the KQ Morning Show, that even if the Vikings lose tonight, they're still going to be the sixth team yeah. in the playoffs. Really? That's how bad thought, the NFL is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a, there's a real weak spot sort of in that 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 range they're on the really, NFC side. Oh so I think that's God. probably true. At least for now. I mean, these things change. But Yeah, they do. It's absolutely for true. For now. Ladies and gentlemen, quick snaps, Kostaki Economopolis in the Thunderdome, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Something. My Falcons lost again, but my second favorite team, whoever is playing the Patriots, had a really nice win. <laughs> Who's ever playing the Patriots? That was unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing that happened. That was great. Oh, what a, what a play. You know, when a team wins on a long last-second play, it's called a Hail Mary. When the Patriots lose like that, it's called a thank Christ. <laughs> can you even mention Christ on the radio anymore? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know if you can, man. It might not be possible anymore. <laughs> I, I, I probably can't host the Oscars anymore. But oh, way to, go. Yeah, way to go. You said the word Christ, you're out. <laughs> they call, they're calling it the Miami Miracle. I thought the Miami Miracle was when your grandmother sends you a birthday check for more than 10 bucks. <laughs> It is the Miami. Now, there, that, that right there is somebody who grew up on the East Coast. That's all I have to say to you. Yes, that's, that's me. I've uh, got some Florida jokes for you here. I thought the Miami miracle was when you find a parking space during the early bird special. That's a miracle. That's, <laughs> you got that right. 
That is a fact, man. When a bizarre crime happens and it's not in Florida, that's the miracle. <laughs> when... You know what? Honest to God, there's there's a an Olive Garden in Florida, kind of not that far from our house. They at times have to get a traffic re- guy in there to because there's nowhere to park, so Olive he has to. Garden? At an Olive Garden. <laughs> it's like, because the old people love Olive Garden. Well, your parents oh, love Olive Garden. Oh, my God. They made me drive them 45 minutes. <laughs> to go to Olive Garden? <laughs> to go to Olive Garden. Wow. <laughs> I mean, in their defense, those breadsticks are amazing. <laughs> Everyone loves the breadsticks. The salad yeah. bowl. Don't forget the salad bowl. <laughs> That's <laughs> very funny. Olive that. Garden's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Would you okay. go 40, you to drive 45 enough, minutes? Like you'd think there'd be enough Italians from the Northeast you'd to think. be living in Florida that, you'd think. that there would be, they would attend a place that's a little less corporate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you'd think. The Olive Garden is good at what they do, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Miami Miracle. I thought that was when you spill Mountain Dew Code Red on your NASCAR shirt and the stain <laughs> looks exactly like Dan Marino. That's what I thought. <laughs> How long do you <laughs> stay awake to write that joke? <laughs> I must have been up all night. Wow. The full, I have the full range here. I thought the Miami Miracle was when there's a close contest in Florida that doesn't require a recount. That's the miracle. Ooh, I like that it. That would be a miracle. I like that. That would be a miracle down and, Palm Beach. And finally, and finally, a positive Florida man headline, right? Florida man embarrasses Gronk and angers Belichick. Well, this is the hero we've been waiting for. You this, got that right. Great. That is unbelievable. We've got to take a very quick uh, break here, Kostaki, and then you got, you, you got till 2 o'clock. Central? Yes. yes. We will be right back. Kostaki Economopolis and Quick Snaps continues right after this. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Uh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. voice is so weird. Oh, the hippopotamus or this. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. That's your daughter, not mine. <laughs> You're that welcome. That is my daughter. Uh, <laughs> you are welcome. She was 10 years old when she recorded that. Oh, see, I think it sounds like an older person trying to be a kid. It does. Yeah. It totally does. It really but does. It's true. What she's only doing? 75 now. Don't want a doll or rhinoceroses. Got to give the people what they want. No, I just yeah. Want. Okay. For the record, yeah. Tom just did a duck face for your selfie. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Catherine hates that when I make faces when my pictures. You always taken. make weird faces. You know it's really weird, and and it's Kostaki's time here, so I'll just shut up after this. But wouldn't you? I did not like being in pictures from the time I was a little boy. I know I hate having my picture taken. I okay. You act really weird. I know. I'm and just she's, like, you're oh my like, god, I hate it. I just hate it. I don't know, I don't know why I hate it. We still want to share all that beauty. That's oh, what it is. That's what it is. It's good. Good. It's good. The beauty. Oh, he's not sleeping. Put on it the there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Kostaki Economopolis and Quick Snaps, ladies and gentlemen. 
It sounds a little like Economopolis for Christmas, right? Oh, like Economopolis. <laughs> yeah, that was for the Christmas. closest I could get to your name. That can be your new theme song <laughs> for a Christmas song. Hippopotamus is as close e- as you get to his name. Economopolis, well, hippopotamus. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There are similarities. Not wrong. There it it's is. Pretty close. That's true. That's true. Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. That's true. The Patriots. Despite their loss, they're still on the verge of an NFL record with 10 playoff appearances in a row. Oh, man. 10 playoff appearances, or as the Lions call that, 300 years. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong? They got all that Ford money. What's the problem here? I don't know. Some teams that can't seem to get it together. It seems like broadly in the NFL there's sort of this slow-moving cycle where teams from the bottom kind of cycle up and teams from yeah. the top cycle down. But there's a handful of teams that are, seem to always be at the top and a handful that seem to always be at the bottom. That's true. Uh, so now the road to Atlanta goes through Kansas City, which is a switch. Usually when you go to Kansas City, you got to connect through Atlanta. That's, but, uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, at, poor Atlanta, not on the road to Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> Atlanta's throwing a party and Atlanta's not invited. It's very sad. Yeah, I, well, same thing happened last year, as you noticed. Yes, Minneapolis. That was a big story. Yeah. I was so rooting for a home Super Bowl for that one. Oh, it would have um, been so great. Never going to happen. The Chiefs are good, man. I think I think they're the real deal this year. Pat Mahomes uh, Even though I live man. in L.A., He's amazing. I feel like I've seen all the Chiefs games because I watch NFL Red Zone. Every time I blink, they're in the Red Zone. <laughs> That's true. That is true. They're always on offense. Way too offensive to host the Oscars, the Chiefs. never gonna Oh, yeah, you, you can't uh, host the Oscars. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what a joke. Uh, when he heard that Big Ben was knocked out of the game with ribs, Hugh Jackson said, mmm, ribs. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> That's really good. Hugh Jackson won a game of categories against his family, bringing his total in the last three years of wins up to five. So that's nice. He won, he won a little game there. That kind of looks bad uh, when you leave and they win five games. That <laughs> does not look good for you. Yeah, they won a few without him, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, uh, so there's some buzz that he might wind up the head coach of the Bengals. Which, I wonder if this is a plot by Marvin Lewis to get people to appreciate Marvin Lewis. Oh, like, I like <laughs> it. You could have Hugh Jackson in here. Uh, the Bengals are so bad, they're thinking of moving to Atlanta. That's that's not good. Oh, a little uh, self-pity there, uh, ladies oh. and gentlemen. A little self-pity, yeah, that's how we do. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> uh, the Bears got a big win against the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff threw four interceptions. Mitch Trubisky threw three. Uh, between the two of them, they only completed 36 passes. That means almost 20% of the completions went to the wrong team. Mark Sanchez said, that sounds about right. That's, 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 that's about right. <laughs> it's cold, man. Oh, God, this morning on the KQ Morning Show, Bob Sansevier. Well, a problem with them is the fact they've got no quarterback. they got Sanchez. Like, oh, poor guy. Yeah, yeah well, to live down the I know, right? Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, he's had a tough run in the last few times we've seen him. Uh, now they're on their fourth-string quarterback, Guitar Guitar Center has fewer strings. It's uh, here guys. we go. Really? That's a Brian Miller joke. I, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is a Brian Miller joke. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> that is a Brian Miller joke. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, Alex Smith, unlikely to be ready to start for That's the next uh, season. Also true of Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Sanchez threw reasons. a touchdown to the wrong. He threw a touchdown to the wrong team. Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick still unemployed. Uh, Which he deserves uh, to be. Right. Let's throw that in at the end. Uh, uh, you don't think he's top seventy quarterback? No, in the NFL? he sucked. He had one good run there, and the, and and they got the. I don't know. Like I said, the only reason he did this was to keep from being cut. A, a year earlier. That's the only reason he did this. It was all about him. I don't. I, I disagree with you on that. I think he's a good quarterback. He was coming off a of surgery, and he had a di- giant diet change, and he was being booed to the, <laughs> to the end of his life, and he was still going out there doing well at the end of his yeah. run there. I got a tip off um, for you. You want to get booed? Certainly better than Boston. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, he is. That's true. 
sort of broadly in life, yeah, that's a good point. Or Philly. Philly is a good place to get booed. If you're Santa. Uh, They're never going to let that down. uh, Nope. (laughs) They booed Santa. (laughs) Uh, The Skids benchmarked Sanchez when they were down 40 to nothing. Oh, God. I wish I could do that. When I'm in an argument with my wife, like, crap, I'm behind by 40 points. I go to the bench. They bring in Brian Miller. <laughs> yeah, good luck, buddy. I think it's a great idea, actually. <laughs> I live to fight another day. Yes. Like, all right, it's not my day. Uh, keep your chin-ups, Jack. Uh, keep your chins up. Chin-ups? Keep your chin-ups. <laughs> keep your chins up, Jaguars. At least this season your helmets are all the same color. So that's one thing you can do. Yeah, that's, that's true. pretty much Pretty much the only thing that can hang their hat on. The Bills offered snow shovelers $12 an hour and a free ticket to the game for anyone who shovels at least four hours. Uh, same offer they made to Nathan Peterman. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't want to trample you. <laughs> it was just, you know. Um, the Dolphins won that game on a circus play, which makes me realize I would absolutely go to a Dolphin circus. <laughs> oh, right? God, That would yeah. be fun. Be phenomenal. Good image. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins beat Belichick. It was mammal over reptile. Oh, <laughs> I like it. You can't call the Dolphins the Patriots kryptonite because Belichick is not Superman. The Dolphins are more like Belichick's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Andy, like anyone? <laughs> Andy, we're not a bunch support, of nerds, Andy? Stocky. <laughs> there are no <laughs> nerds here. <laughs> He's just laughing. Take your nerd jokes. The good news, Gronk, that that play went for sixty-nine yards. Uh, the bad news, you suck at tackling. I love that Gronk is the last one who missed the tackle at the end of that crazy play. What what the hell is that all about? I mean, that was he fell down or something, didn't he? Yeah, he clearly took a bad angle and lost his foot. He's not a he's not used to tackling people. Why was he in on that play? It was a crazy choice. Yeah, he's such a big he's guy. He's a giant so, dude. So yeah, theoretically, it was to help knock down a Hail Mary pass, but it was, it was a set. There were 71 yards, 69 yards, something from, it was a long way from the end zone. It wasn't going to be thrown in the end zone. Um, yeah, it was a 69 yard play. So Gronk found himself on the wrong end of a 69, which I didn't even think was legitimate. <laughs> oh God, you here we go. You it, didn't you? Speaking of Brian There's, Miller. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Really nice. Really nice. <laughs> Sweating, looking for the closer. I think that was it. <laughs> Sweat up a storm, brother. We're going to let you hang. It's going to be unbelievable. Pretty Twist. sure. Twist I'm pretty sure that's it. That is the closer? <laughs> Your 69 I think so, yeah. yeah. son and daughter? <laughs> Great. That's yeah, yeah, right. today. Well, that's, uh, that's it. It's been, that's it's it. been real. I can see it in 2000. <laughs> 2019. Remember when we used to work with Kostaki? Remember that? Touche. He was, he was a good guy. <laughs> Wonder what he's up to now. I think it's wonderful. Are you going to be on next week, Kostaki? Uh, if you'll have me. What's, well, what's your story for the holidays? You guys going away? Well, we go to Florida every year, right? The, the week, you know, the Christmas week. So that yeah, we're going to be off from the 24th. Through the yeah. seventh, seventh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back on the seventh. It's going to be a long. So well, seventeen, yeah. yes, and then back into into yeah. the meat of January. Oh yeah, seventeen yes. definitely. Okay. Yeah. So you'll be yeah. back on the eighth or okay, on the seventh, cool. yes. I like it. And the seventeenth. Yes. Yeah, you don't want okay. to. You don't seventeen, want to, yeah. then seven. Got yeah. it. Yes. Football I like numbers. it, man. Yeah. All right, right, 17 to 7. How appropriate. All right, really strong closer there, man. That was good. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm still laughing. You're, you're getting off light because the Vikings game is tonight. I know. Don't consider yourself lucky. No, you're right. I don't know. Hopefully they'll get Tomorrow's segment anyway. might have a lot of uh, purple people leader jokes. We don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Most likely. I would say most likely that is true. No question. All right, I'm rooting for you guys tonight. I would like to see the Vikings win. So we get to talk to you one more time be before nice. Christmas, so that's a good. Well, your Christmas is not until what, like January eighth or something? Some Greek made up deal. By <laughs> Christmas, what? Are, what, 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 what <laughs> am I, some druid with a crazy calendar? Yes, yes, yes. you are. <laughs> when's Saturnalia? 
<laughs> yeah, wasn't Saturnalia there, what? Greek man? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? What am I worshiping crystals and standing <laughs> under a marble? <laughs> I love how you take My all Christmas. this. It's wonderful. <laughs> I forget. I forget. When do you celebrate the feast of Apollo? It's. Uh... <laughs> One of my favorite stories of all time. July. You know John Lastman, don't you? Don't you, Kostaki? John Lastman, the producer of the KQ Morning Show. I don't think Show. I know that name. He's a producer of the KQ Morning Which Show. One's John. John is. Uh, okay. Uh, you might not have met him. I'm not sure, but he said, you know, his father was Jewish, his mother was not, and they would do Christmas at his house, and then his mother would finally take the Christmas tree down, and he had to water it every day. She would take the Christmas tree down April 15th. Jesus. <laughs> like, what? Why? Sounds like my neighbors and their lawn decorations. Yeah, the lawn decorations stay up there forever. I think that's March, wonderful. Why, year. why April 15th? Because it's tax day, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the end of the holiday season. Tax day. I got to pay in. Well, time to write off that tree. That's the end. Kostaki, come. When are you coming? Are you coming to? Are you, are, do you work the? Uh, do you work the improv at uh, at Palm Beach? No, I haven't been there in years. I don't. I don't have any radio exposure in that part of the world. I, I used oh, to, I but suppose, you know, things yeah. have changed. I would. I would love to come work down there. My, no, actually, my uh, my aunt's was from there. I grew up. I was born in Pompano. I used to go to Fort Lauderdale every year for Christmas. So I love that area. Yeah, it's a I, wonderful it's area. Awesome. If you want me to, you know, the Hubbard family just bought five radio stations in West Palm Beach. So I could maybe uh, put well, in a good word for you down there. That'd be good. Yeah, hook me up. Let's let's do some football jokes in Florida. I can make fun of the <laughs> the Dolphins more regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Florida news idea. stories because that's an that's endless supply. Just, Florida, just Florida man. I love general. Florida. I, I was born in Florida. I love Florida. I grew up in Georgia, so all of my great like family trips and fishing trips, sure. and spring break. I sponge, love Florida, but Florida. <laughs> Florida absolutely deserves some of the some of the guff that it gets. Yeah, it does. It totally so, does. Okay, one other. Thing I like I to poke ask. fun at Florida too. This, this is all about <laughs> propping, you know, helping, helping everywhere I can. Are you on in Miami with quick snaps? Uh, no. Why aren't no. you on with Paul Castronovo? That would seem to be, that that was the. Do you think Paul lets anybody else talk? No, he couldn't talk. (laughs) Paul has to talk the whole time. But uh, you got to crack some doors for me there, King of Radio. Let's let's talk. King of Radio, please. please. He's already hard to love. I'll have. I'll have I'll have my people get with your people. Yes, we will do. <laughs> Meaning, I'll send an email to Catherine. <laughs> I'll send it to Cassie. <laughs> Cassie go. Oh, yes. All right, Pally. We'll have a great weekend. A weekend. I mean, week. <laughs> That'll be good. And then I will. Uh, yeah, I, I will talk to some people because I know uh, Greg Strassel over at uh, over at Hubbard and Dan Seaman. Those guys. Uh, I think they'd like you down there. That'd be a good idea. Big football, That's great. Thanks people. so much. I they appreciate love football it. In All right. Okay, home smoke. <laughs> on the day that I couldn't find a closer, I get a job. This is, works out <laughs> great. Well, I'm just trying to pawn you off on other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, move me down the road. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll thanks, talk soon. Go Vikings. Nice. And take yeah. the Falcons with you. <laughs> That's exactly it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. Kostaki Konimopoulos and Quick Snaps, one of the nicest people in the history of radio and comedy. I and think all living that. in California might be changing his vibe. Yeah, he's also, <laughs> He's got a mean streak now. Or not. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.